Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. And that is precisely what we have been doing over these last several weeks. We've been talking about how the Gospel deals with uh, depression and how it deals with anger and anxiety uh, insecurity. Yesterday we looked at shame. Um, today we're going to deal with the concept of guilt. Can I just just throw in very quickly when you're when you're spending time in God's Word, and I hope that you're spending time in God's Word. You're really looking at each text and saying, "Well, what is this telling me about God? What is this? What is this text telling me about who I am, either as a fallen human being or as those that are in Christ?" And then please get to the last part of, "Okay, so what?" How, how do those truths impact how I live moment by moment, day after day? Um, and, and so as you're reading God's Word, you keep saying, how does these truths affect how I live in, in the trenches of, of my day-to-day life? And that's what we've been trying to hopefully demonstrate over the last weeks or month or whatever it is, that the gospel does matter. The truths of God's Word does matter. The 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 person and work of Jesus Christ should affect how we live on Monday through Saturday. It's not just something that we preach on a Sunday. It, it's something that we live out of of the truths of, of the gospel. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about guilt um, primarily. And if you listen to yesterday's show, you might think, well, didn't you just talk about shame already? Aren't those synonyms? And, and, and to, to remind our listeners, no, um, shame is actually deeper than guilt. Guilt is the feeling of doing something wrong, of, of doing something wrong, and shame is the feeling of being something wrong. So today we're gonna talk about the actual uh, uh, guilt, the actual concept of doing something wrong. And uh, there is objective and subjective guilt. So let's talk about those two categories. When we're talking about objective guilt, uh, what what do we mean? Objective guilt just simply is you are guilty. You've done something wrong. You've broken a law. You've broken a commandment. You've broken whatever, a social norm, whatever it is. I don't care what the category. But objective guilt means you actually are one that committed a wrong. You are guilty. You're guilty. And and you immediately know the source of your guilt. Uh, we're going to talk in a moment about subjective guilt, which you may, you know, you may not know where it's even coming from. But obje- objective guilt is when you know you've done something wrong, you know exactly what it was, and uh, you feel guilty. Yeah. So then there's subjective guilt, where you have feelings of guilt, and um, those feelings can either be true feelings. Or they can be false 
feelings of guilt where you actually haven't done something wrong, but forever, whatever reason, you still feel guilty. So I, I think these categories are, are super helpful um, because it immediately helps you do a little bit of diagnosis. Okay, so I feel guilty right now. Is it because I've actually done something objectively wrong that, that would warrant these, mm-hmm. these feelings or is it coming from somewhere else? So I've been we've been working with one of our kids lately, and and they've been dealing with somebody, and that this other person has been making them feel guilty about some things, and we've been really stressing with our our, our child. Well, I think that's actually false guilt. You you actually haven't done anything wrong. They're just making you feel that way, and that's a little bit manipulative, and and so you just have to be careful that you, you try to come back to, okay, is there an objective reality where you've actually done something wrong? Or is, did somebody impose something on you to make you feel simply that you did something wrong? And those are two different things. Yeah, and if, and if you're a, a sensitive uh, person, mm-hmm. if you're a person of uh, compassion and, and sensitivity, you might be vulnerable to false accusation and well did i did i do something wrong and people are it's just human nature uh people are going to blame others for all kinds of things falsely well maybe it doesn't even come from a human source so uh, look as reformed believers we we do believe in spiritual warfare uh uh, brackle old dutch theologian he in interpreting uh ephesians 6 where he talks about uh, and and hold up the shield of faith which you know guards you against the flaming arrows of the evil one well what are these flaming arrows well I, i don't have flaming arrows in me well those flaming arrows are their insinuations of thoughts and accusations into our spirit. Mm-hmm. Satan is a spiritual being and he hits us in our spirits. And so sometimes if 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 we don't have an accusation against us from a human source but we still feel guilty, it could be that that you are being accused by demonic oppression. Yeah, and Satan is an accuser. Yeah, the accuser um, of the brother, he's a liar from the beginning, a murderer. He's a so. slanderer. This is all in Revelation 12 helpful text right. with understanding mm-hmm. maybe that yep yep okay well um then how do we work past this guilt then so so we first need to identify is this truly guilt so let's just do the two categories if it's true guilt how do we deal with it if it's false guilt how do we deal with it well can we back up and just say if it's true guilt there are unhealthy ways of dealing with it and it's i think these are typically where we live is in the in the unhealthy. Um, mm-hmm. So, with true guilt, that we should feel guilty. We've done something wrong. Um, oftentimes, we either try to hide, we try to rationalize it, we try to compare ourselves to other people and say, "Oh, I know that was wrong, but it's not as bad as." And then we put in somebody else's name or somebody else's behavior. We we try to live a lie. We create a reality that's not actually true, and we live inside of that new reality that that's something of our own making or we try to numb it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you can numb it using lots of different vices i mean even positive things but you you could use media you just you can use literature you can just immerse yourself in novels and say if i can just go live in this world or that world and or you can use substance abuse alcohol or drugs and and you just say 
I, I don't want to deal with the, the shame or the guilt, and so I'm going to, to numb the effect of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, we, Sunday we were in uh, Psalm uh, 17, and David is dealing with some accusations, false accusations. We don't know the context of what they were, but it is within the context of, uh, you know, uh, those that are part of the kin- kingdom of God and those that are you know opposed by the kingdoms of this world and he's dealing with these accusations and and slander and he you know his response is to go to the lord he says hear a just cause o lord attend to my cry give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit from your presence let my vindication come let your eyes behold the right and you go he goes on to say you've tr- tried my heart you visited me in the night you've tested me you find nothing now david isn't claiming sinless perfection there he's not saying that my lips are free from deceit he's saying in this matter in this matter you can look at these people that are saying these things and you can look at me and you know my heart is right before you and you are a god of truth Mm-hmm. And and you can recognize that truth. And then he asked for a vindication from that setting. And it's important that we go to God for our vindication, not that we go to you know the, yeah. you know some other place for it. And when we know we've done wrong, and when we've uh, fallen uh, to some kind of temptation or uh, some kind of wickedness, uh, there's a second temptation that always comes along with it. And that's to hide it, to keep it in the dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is also a temptation because as children of God, we, sh- we should know and, and with confidence. Uh, Paul in the uh, third chapter of uh, Ephesians says we have access to God with boldness and confidence. Don't hide it. Take it to God. Confess uh, to the one you, if you've wronged somebody else, confess it to them. Yeah. And, uh, but mainly, uh, confess it to God um, and bring it into the light. When, when we keep it in the darkness, it just festers and grows and uh, begets and, more and, sin. And it begets more sin, becomes malignant, take it into the light. David says in Psalm 32, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And this is what John writes in 1 John, that if we say that we're without sin, we make God out to be a liar. Right, mm-hmm. and the and then he goes on to say, though, that we're supposed to confess our sins, and that what we find is that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from un, all unrighteousness. And then goes into chapter two of First John that we have one that's our advocate before the Father, that we have one that's our propitiation. Yeah, there's a great gospel hymn. Uh, that some of our listeners uh, may know, and can it be that I should gain? And it's it's not easy to sing, but uh, it's filled with gospel. It's an old uh, Charles Wesley hymn, and one of the verses I, I I even brought in 
a copy of it. It's verse 5. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head and clothed with righteousness divine, bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Approach the throne of grace with boldness and with confidence. Run to him. We don't need to crawl to him. God is not hesitant to grant forgiveness to his children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we have true guilt, the place to go with that is is to to God and say I've sinned. I've I've gone against what you have commanded in your word and I need to be forgiven. I need to be cleansed. I need to be renewed. And, and he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He delights and, to do and, it. And he yeah, and this is, you know, sometimes we get stuck on the imperatives, you know, the commandments of God were, you know, these are the things uh, that were stuck there and that's where all that that guilt and uh, rest, but there's um, you know the indicative which tells us who we are in Christ, and this is where we need to get to, where we can go bold to the throne and claim the the crown of Christ as our own. Amen. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. Uh, We thank you for joining us on our program today. Don't forget to sign up for our Reformation Boise Conference 2022, October 21st and 22nd. Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas, O Church Arise. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can register for free. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.